a great big God bless you. Welcome this morning in the name of Jesus. If you are watching us live on Belido TV, watching us on Faith TV, watching on Facebook, YouTube, uh, wherever you're watching from this morning, we welcome you in the name of Jesus. We're excited to have you as part of the service in the name of Jesus. But I, I'm, I'm going somewhere because people think sometimes Christians are crazy because we get excited about Jesus. And all I want to say to those people that think we're crazy, you don't yet know Jesus. Because he said he is the way, the truth, and the life. He's not part of the way. He's not part of the truth. He's not only part of your life. He is the way. He is the truth. And He is our life. And I pray today you encounter His love, His grace, His mercy, and His goodness in Jesus' name. I know when God's going to do something amazing because often there's lots of distraction. As you're standing this morning in the midst of this crazy world, not just our world, but the crazy world that we are living in. In the midst of terrorism, viruses, negative propaganda, invasions, disasters, a godless society. The greatest thing that you and I can do is bow down before this living God that we serve. Revering Him. Honoring Him. Trusting Him. And trusting His purpose for our lives. That even if we find ourselves in a pit right now, we know that God has still got a palace promised. Even if we find ourselves in the prison right now, we know that there's a promise from God that is going to take us all the way to the top. Like Isaiah chapter 60 says, even though darkness covers the earth, deep darkness, the people, it's time that we arise as the church of Jesus Christ. It's time that we move in the direction that God wants us to go. And we've been speaking about letting go of your past and letting go of unforgiveness and letting go of all the hurts, etc. But it's now time for us to get going. We've let go, now let's go. We've let go, now let's go. And that's what I want to talk on this morning. We've let go, now let's go. Let's go and possess every promise God has for you, for your family, for your business, for our city, for our nation. Let's go and possess the promise that God has for the church of Jesus Christ. Come on, if you believe it, give God some praise this morning in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, greet somebody to your left and to your right. It's amazing how another crisis in our world and COVID is dead quiet. You may be seated. It took a crazy man to declare war on another nation. He was the quickest thing that brought healing to COVID. Scary what is happening, but we're not scared. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. And as long as you and I seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, He will add all the things that we need. We've got to seek Him first. And that's what the first two months of this year has been about. Letting go of the past, shaking off the dust, shaking off the dirt, shaking off the rubbish we got involved in. Last year was without doubt a rhema word from God, a revealed word from God in 1 Samuel 30, where God gave us an instruction, it's time to pursue and without fail recover all. Pastor, I declared last year to be a year of divine restoration and recovery. And without a doubt, we saw God's hand and the beginning of divine restoration in our lives. 2022 has been declared a year of many breakthroughs. 
And even last year already, God began to impress upon my heart that we had to be prepared to possess all that He's promised for us. And let me clarify that. It doesn't mean you possess for a day or you possess for a moment. It's a, it's a, a persuasion that you have in your heart that what God has promised, God is able to perform. I'm not going to be confused about it. I'm not one day, hallelujah, and tomorrow I'm depressed. I'm not one day going to be on the mountaintop and in the valley deep. Even if I'm in the valley deep, I'm going to still declare the promises of God. Even if I'm going through the, 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 uh, the most amazing or most difficult trial in my life, I'm still going to stand on the promise of God and walk in the things of God. We can't be this jellyfish or, or sea, is it seaweed? Christian that is moved by the currents of the day. We've got to be planted in the house of God. We've got to be committed to the house of God. We've got to be committed to the word of God. We've got to be committed to the life of prayer. We've got to be committed to the purpose of God. We've got to make a decision that as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. It doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter what's happening around me. I believe God's promises are still yea and amen. Whether I'm in Durban, whether I'm in Belito, whether I'm on the other side of the world somewhere, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I'm going to hold on to His promises. I'm going to be fully persuaded. I'm not going to relent on what God God has called me to be. How far will we go with God? Only when He helps us out of the miry pit. Jeremiah 1.17, the Bible says, you must get ready. I shared this last year. Stand up and say whatever I tell you. Do not be afraid of them. If you are afraid of them, I will make you afraid in front of them. Well, that's what I'm going to talk about this morning. What is your attitude like in this situation, in this world? Goes on in verse 19, it says, They will fight against you, but they will not win because I am with you. The Lord is with you. He will save you, says the Lord. In Amos 19, verse 13, in the message translation, yes, indeed, it won't be long now. God's decree, things are going to happen so fast your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of another. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, blessings. Just laying a foundation. Mark 9, 23, Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. If you can believe. Not if you can believe for a moment, a second, for 30 minutes in a church service. If you can believe. In Luke 8, 50, Jesus never said, only understand. He said, only believe. We don't have to know how God is going to deliver us. We don't have to know how He's going to orchestrate that breakthrough or how He's going to orchestrate that recovery or through whom He's going to use to help me get back to the place He wants me to be in. But my thing is, I've got to just believe Him. Anyone can believe when God is already moving. But it takes real faith in God when you step out, when it seems that God is not moving. When the circumstances are contrary. And sometimes your faith is going to make you look stupid around your friends and around your family until it starts to rain. And I want to tell you today, family, it's time for us to possess. It's time for us to occupy and conquer until Jesus comes. And that's in every area of our lives. It's time to increase our faith in God's promises rather than look at the impossible situations. So if you've got your Bibles with you, I want you to turn to Numbers. Numbers chapter 1. Numbers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Numbers. 
Are you ready for me this morning? Because I'm ready for you. I'm ready to wake somebody up this morning. I'm ready to activate somebody in, in this place this morning. I'm ready to activate somebody in Belita this morning. This wishy-washy Christianity has to stop. This Mr. Nice Guy has to stop. And I'm not saying you mustn't be nice, but you must be on a mission for God. Numbers chapter 3, a scripture we all know pretty well. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, Durban, KwaZulu-Natal, South Africa. Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, the promise which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. You are all called to be leaders in God's kingdom. Some are captains of tens, fifties, hundreds, thousands, but we all call to be leaders. As a born-again believer, you are a leader because you're going contrary to the flow. You're not swimming with the stream. You're swimming upstream. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord, all of them men who were heads of the children of Israel. God gives a word. Contrary circumstances. It's a year of many breakthroughs. That is God's word. That is an instruction from God. We don't need to understand it. We need to believe it. And we need to move with it. Listen carefully. We don't have to understand the instruction. We have to embrace it. We have to make it part of our lives. Like I've shared with you many times when this pandemic hit, I would declare every morning, Genesis 50 verse 20 over my life, and I would say, what the enemy intended for my harm, God is going to turn around for my good, for His glory to save many people alive purpose. I would declare it every single day. Romans 8 verse 28, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. I would declare it, and I would declare it till I believed it above my current circumstances. You can't serve God half-heartedly. And I understand we all come to Christ with a need, with an emptiness, with a void. But at some stage, you've got to grow up. To possess what God's got for you, it's not about a feeling. To possess what God's got for you, there's going to be tremendous opposition. And you're going to be tested in what you believe. We don't need weakness now. We need strength. When our building was ransacked in the July riots of last year, we didn't roll over. In actual fact, we had services the Saturday morning. We had a prayer meeting as we cleaned up. We had services that Sunday. We were in tight lockdown. But over 220 people came to our church to worship God. We made a stand in our community that we will not bow to the enemy's plans. We will not bow to the circumstances. But we're going to stand up for the glory of God. And we're going to serve God. We fed thousands and thousands of CRC United as a church to make a difference in this world. Listen, what this world needs is leadership and God wants to raise you up as a young man. Well, you know, I'm believing God for great things, but I don't want opposition. It comes as part of the package. It's part of the package. Part of the package. You eat cake too much, you get fat too much. Part of the package. Listen to me this morning. God didn't plant this church in Durban just so we could have a, a nice church. So we could give you nice coffee after the service, which we do, if you want to buy. Yeah. 
Oh, you got to come to CRC. Why? They got the nicest coffee outside. Is that what church is all about? Is that what church is all about? A cup of coffee? Or are we sitting in church with the right people? Can I tell you most times that God calls you to something, it's, it's in circumstances that are contrary to what you want. It's contrary to what you, 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 your natural mind is, is thinking about. It's contrary because God doesn't call you to fit in. God calls you to make a difference. God calls you to go against the grain. God calls you to swim upstream. He's not calling you to a place of comfort. He's calling you to a life of purpose. Listen, He's not calling you to a place of comfort. He's calling you to a life of purpose. So the spies go. They go into the promised land. They go and spy out the land as God commanded them. And they come back. This is where it gets exciting. And they bring back word to the congregation and show them the fruit of the land. Verse 27. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us, Moses. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. We got the nicest beaches. The greatest winter climate in, the South, in South Africa. We got the nicest people. This land truly flows with milk and honey. Thank you for the great amens. This is its fruit. Nevertheless. The people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Here it comes. This is my thought. Are you a Caleb Christian? Or are you one that's going with the flow? Are you an eagle Christian or are you just a a chicken picking up the pieces? Are you a grasshopper Christian or are you going to eat some grasshoppers for breakfast? Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession. Let us go up at once. We've let go, let's go. We've let go of our past, let's go and possess. We've let go of that hurt and that bitterness and that unforgiveness. We've let go of of that slack attitude. We've let go of that struggle. We've let go of that hurt. Now let's go. Let's unite together and let's go and possess. Let's go and possess all God's promised us. Let's go and reach 10% of the city of Durban and KwaZulu-Natal. Let's get busy with the things of God. Let's stand on the promises of God. Let's move like God's called us to move. Let's be a united army in populating heaven and plundering hell. Let's go. Caleb says, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. We are well able, CRC. We are well able to be the church that God has called us to be, that God birthed us to be. We are well able. Verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Who said that? And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. 
And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. God has not given you a spirit of fear. But love, power, and a sound mind. Do you know why many people are struggling with depression today? Psychological illnesses today, and I'm not knocking anybody. It's because our focus has been wrong for too long. Sure, there are people that have got a chemical imbalance. And sure, they need to be clinically treated. I'm not knocking that. But what I am saying is when our focus is on negativity, we're going to only see negativity. When our focus is only on what we can't do, we're only going to live with an I can't do attitude. When our focus is wrong, if you read your Bible more and prayed more and worshipped God more and got into church more, I'm telling you most of the negative battles that you are facing, you will overcome easier because the Bible says whatever is born of God overcomes this world and you're born of God if you've given your heart to Jesus you're born of God and you can overcome every battle that the devil throws at you in the name of Jesus you can overcome it you can overcome it a lot of medical treatment is just buying us time I'm going to go for a procedure in a few few weeks time Small procedure, nothing major. Old sport injury. And they told me up front, they said, listen, it's going to give you 20 years. Not to live. 20 years for that joint in your body to be, be okay. For too many years I abused my body in sport, etc. I lived life and now I've got to have a little part replaced. Okay, it's a knee. There's <laughs> not people are thinking, what part is that? I wonder what part I part. I wasn't going to say, but I've said it now. Okay. But all it's doing is buying me time. I've got to take responsibility in rehabilitation. I've got to take responsibility to to, to come through that battle. And in Christian circles, many of us don't want to take responsibility for our lives and for the lives that God has called us to impact. So we roll over. No, the, the giants are too big for me. And the God that lives inside of you, the God that lives inside of you, Gideon, mighty man of valor, go in this might of yours and defeat Israel as one man. I'm the weakest. No, no, you're not. You're who God says you are. You're a mighty man of valor. You're a mighty woman of valor. Go in this might. Come on, that God created you to be in. What would happen to our world if every professing born-again believer got their God identity right? And you no longer saw yourself as a victim, but as a victor. You no longer saw yourself as overcome, but an overcomer. You never saw yourself as being influenced all the time, but as an influencer. Oh, the land through which you have, we have gone as spies of the land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And here it comes. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so were we in their sight. We were like grasshoppers in our sight. And so were we in their sight. We were like grasshoppers in our sight. And so were we in their sight. We were like grasshoppers in our sight. So we were in their sight. As a man believes in his heart, so is he. And when you and I have 
have the wrong belief system and our foundation is not the Word of God, we stop believing what God says about us and we begin to believe what the world says about us. We begin to believe the picture we see. We begin to believe the problem we see is bigger than our circumstances and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight and so were we grasshoppers in their sight. How do you see yourself? Well, we lost the match. So? So? So what? I lost the contract. So? So just because you win a boxing fight and you got knocked down once, it means the fight's over. No, get back up. Get back up. Get back up. Get back up. Oh, I had this happen to me. Get back up. Oh, I had that happen to me. Get back up. I mean, Jeremiah once says it as well. Do not be afraid of them. If you are afraid of them, I'll make you afraid in front of them. Are you being governed by fear? Or are you willing to believe God? Are you willing to embrace His Word? Are you willing to run with God? When He says, run for me, or I'll find somebody else. Listen, I want you to hear this, Pastor. I've just been saying this a lot the last while. But this is our watch. We are alive on planet earth at this time when there's so much chaos and so many problems. Because God didn't want a Peter and a Paul and a Timothy alive. He didn't want a Joshua and a Caleb alive. He wanted you and me alive. And He wants you and I to embrace His Word and to leave a footprint for generations to come to take responsibility, to be that business person, to be that mother, to be that father, to be that teacher, that doctor, that professor, to be the best you that you can be for the sake of generations to come. And how will you answer the call? Will you be like the 10 that said, there are giants in the land? There are problems? Will you believe the problems more than the promises? Will you f- focus more on the problems than the promises? I mean, Moses has a burning bush experience. It changes his life and the lives of people around him. Joshua had to go up to the mountain himself to encounter God, but he leads the nation of Israel. Gideon in the wine press, mighty man of valor, go in this might of yours and save Israel as one man. He had a God encounter and he had to change. Bring me a chair. Quickly, like yesterday. Behind me. Ooh. Are you going to stay like this forever? Are you going to sit in church and just sit in church? We come here to worship together. We come here to be empowered with vision. We come here to get empowered for purpose. But if what is shared on a Sunday doesn't move you into action, If what is shared on a Sunday and your encounter with God on a Sunday doesn't move you to passionately invite your world to church the next Sunday and the Sunday afterwards and the Sunday afterwards, I've got to say to you, are you fully surrendered to Him? Are you fully embracing God's Word? Are you fully embracing His promise for you? I did my Christian thing, tick. 
I came to church. Dick, did you not see me? I might not have been there very often, but I, I was there. I sat in that chair. Dick. I went to home cell once, you know. Really. I tried the tithing thing once. It didn't work, so I stopped. Really. Now, what do you believe? Do you really believe that the Lord Jesus Christ came to save the world from sin? Do you really believe that He is the way, the truth, and the life that no one goes to the Father except through Him? Do you really believe that God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son to save us from ourselves, to save us from our sinful lives? Do you really believe that you must be born again? Otherwise, you will not enter the kingdom of God. Because if you really believe that, you're going to see your friends and your family in a different light. If you really believe that, you're going you're to change your attitude, attitude towards church. How many people I've had to speak to over the last while who've got an excuse for not being in church and are justifying this lockdown for not being in church and they've got all the excuses and I'm saying to them, do you not believe the Word of God? I'll give you Scripture upon Scripture. Do not neglect the gathering of the saints as is the manner of some. Do you believe that? I invited a guy to church yesterday. He's going to come next week. He said he couldn't come today because his kids got rugby. Will you find a Muslim allowing his kid to practice rugby at 12 o'clock on a Friday? Huh? What do we believe? What do we believe? Okay, so if your kid's going to go to rugby at 12 o'clock on a, on, a, on, on a Sunday morning, then are you making sure he's in church on a Sunday night? And he's got his homework to do. Really? What do you believe? What do you believe? Have you got enough interest in your kid to find out whether their school is blocking them from coming to church on a Sunday? Have you got enough interest and enough courage that you believe the Word of God, that you're not going to stand for it any longer? Are you willing to take on the school? Are you willing to take on the teaching department? Are you willing to take on the provincial teaching department? Are you willing to take on... What do you believe as a Christian? What do you believe? Because the reality is many aren't possessing because they're not believing. A provincial game of cricket years ago, just after they were born again. Two, two matches specifically. One was in Kimberley, and I got into, I said to the guys, they all came off the field 10 to 6. I said, I'm going, bye-bye. I even went in my cricket clothes straight to, to church. Why well, wasn't going to miss church? Played in a, a tournament, National Cup Championships in, 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 in Pretoria one year, Johannesburg one year. And I just got born again, scored 100 that morning. We won the match. I took the team bus. We were renting from budget those years. Took the team bus. Went straight to Raymond Church. Took one of the guys with me, Paul Cron. Remember Paul Cron? Took Paul Cron with me. He got saved that night. Other guys were partying. He got saved that night. Became a missionary in Ireland. Became a missionary in Ireland. Listen, we've got to serve God uncompromisingly. We've got to put God first. And I understand the challenges we face. But how serious are we about our relationship with God? And it all boils down to what do you believe? We don't get that right. We're going to get tossed to and fro by every bit of wind of doctrine that comes our way. It starts with an encounter, but then it gets to a place of following Him. 
In Luke chapter 5, and I'm closing, or trying to. Jesus borrows some fishermen's boats to preach from. They caught nothing all night, and he borrowed their boat. And he put, asked Simon to put it out a little bit from the land, and he began to teach the multitudes. In verse 4 of Luke 5, it says, And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, I heard that early on today. We spied out the land, but negative report. What's the difference? We fished all night. We've caught nothing. We're going home to our wives who are going to nyanya us because we've got no provision. Our business had a bad day. Our business is having a bad month. Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. The net. I mean, think about this. Jesus was a carpenter all his life before he stepped into his earthly ministry. He was a carpenter. He had a bachelor of carpentry. Simon Peter was a fisherman. He was an expert in his trade. He, he, he ran a company. He had a fleet of boats. He had partners. He had a bachelor in physiology. In actual fact, he had an honors and a master's in physiology. He knew all about fishing. Jesus knew about wood. But he recognizes something different about Jesus. And he says, you know what? I'm going to go against what I'm thinking. I'm going to go against what I know, and I'm going to embrace it. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down this net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. They believed the word. They believed the word. Listen, family, there is no... Victory in, in God without a firm belief and grip of His Word. Because faith, the reality of faith, is what we believe about God. And that reality is acting on the Word of God in the face of contrary evidence. When Paul faced a trial and he was talking to King Agrippa, I think it was, in Acts chapter 26. And, and, and the second verse, he says, I think myself happy. How can I be happy? I'm, I'm standing bound in, in chains. I mean, falsely accused of what I've been done. <laughs> but those things don't perturb me. Because I'm doing what God's called me to do. My business is going through a tough time. And what does God promise? Maybe it's time that you really press into God. Maybe it's time that, that like all of us had to do at different seasons of our lives, that when things are going crazy, we shut our mouths about the negativity and we press into God. We pray like we've never prayed before. We believe the Word like we've never believed the Word. We apply the Word like we've never applied the Word. We stand true to the Word like we've never stood true to the Word. We witness to the world in our time of trial because those who refresh others, God Himself will refresh. That's being a Christian. That's being a Christian. 
when he had stopped speaking, he said, Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. You see, the senseless declare it cannot be done. But faith shouts above the noise. Faith shouts above the turmoil. And faith swims against the current. And it says it is. If Jesus said it, that settles it. If God promised it, that settles it. And while I'm navigating through the storm and while I'm navigating through the the valley of trial and the shadow of death, while I'm navigating, I'm going to hold on to His promise because I know that He is with me in the difficult times. I know He'll guide me. I know He'll lead me. I know He's still my great shepherd who leads and guides me through the storms. But how long is it going to take for you to surrender your will to His will? And as you grow in God, you've got to go, let go more. And let's go more. Because He wants to take you from glory to glory. God's not a respecter of persons. God's not a respecter of those who who are born in a certain place the senses declare it cannot be done but faith shouts above the turmoil it is it is what God says it is in my personal life it is what God says it is in my family life it is what God says it is in my business life in my church life listen to me carefully this morning family God talk doesn't always make sense Bless those who curse you. Where's the sense in that? Love those who spitefully use you. Where's the sense in that? Pray for those who hurt you. Be generous with your life. Where's the natural sense in this? But if you can get this, and I'm going to close with this. If you can get this, (laughs) we serve the God. Not a God. We serve the God that is unstoppable. Job 42 verse 2, the Bible says, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. We serve the God, the only God that cannot be stopped. We serve the only God that shall not be stopped, that will not be stopped. He's unstoppable. Isaiah 14, 27, the Bible says, all the forces of darkness can't stop what God has ordained. You see, faith says, amen, so be it. To everything that God says. Faith takes God, God's word without ifs. If God said it, faith says, I believe it. Faith says, amen to everything that God says. When Paul was on his journey to Rome to stand trial before Caesar, he was on a ship. And the ship found itself in a storm. And he warned them. He said, don't sail now. It's not a good time to sail. Paul said, no, we, they said, no, we, we're going to sail. You're a prisoner. The centurion said, we're going to sail. And they sailed straight into the biggest storm of their lives. I mean, it was the will of God for, for Paul to go and stand trial before Caesar. 
and now we faced a storm and, and it looked like the ship was going to get wrecked and, and all the, 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 the passengers on the ship would be wrecked and, and, and the ship would, all the supplies on the ship would be destroyed. But when Paul faced the storm of his life, he goes back to the source of all life. What's it going to take to get you humble before God again? I just need to get a nice motivation this morning. No, you needed a God encounter this morning. I just needed an uplifting moment this morning. No, you need a God encounter this morning. Because God can do in you what no man can talk you into. Paul fasts. Then he comes out of his time of prayer and fasting. And he says in Acts 27, 21, Men, you should have listened to me. And not sailed from Crete. And incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you. But only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve. Now I want you to hear something today. Please listen to me carefully. You wouldn't need an angel if you came to church regularly. If you read your Bible regularly. If you prayed regularly. If you prioritized home cell. If you shut out some voices in your life and some negativity things in your life and you listen to the people that are going to tell you the truth of God's Word. Well, if an angel spoke to me, I'd also believe God. No, no, you wouldn't even recognize the angel. Because in actual fact, the book of Revelations, when God's talking to the church, He's talking to the angel of the, of, of the church in Ephesus, right? The angel of the church in Laodicea, right? I'm not an angel. But maybe because you're not listening to the man of God that God set you in this house, because the Bible says God sets the members in the house as it suits Him. Not as it suits you. I want to go to somebody who looks like me. I want to go to somebody that acts like me. I want to be, I want to be a part of the church where, where, where the pastor's got a Joel Osteen smile. Sorry, this pastor hasn't got a Joel Osteen smile. Never will unless he has plastic surgery. But I mean, I'm, I'm, here's the reality. My face doesn't look like it. You always look grumpy. Hey, that's what my daughter said to me. I'm not grumpy. I just got a funny skin. Listen to me. It's not about your preference. It's about his purpose. Paul says, listen, the God to whom I belong. I belong to God. Have you, have you, do you believe that you belong to God? He says, the God whom I serve, are you serving God? Not are you going to church, are you serving God? Are you committed to God? Are you serving Him with your time, your talent, your treasure? Have you given over your life fully to Him? Not part of, fully surrendered. He stood by me this night, an angel of the Lord, to whom I belong, whom I serve, Saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. 
And indeed, God has granted you and all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men. I love this. For I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. Uh, Paul is not standing in a church where the platform is dead still. Paul is standing in a ship that has been tossed to and fro by a storm. Paul is, is trying to talk above the rain and above the waves and above the wind. And he's trying to make a, he's shouting to them, saying, listen, hear me today. The God to whom I belong, the God whom I serve, I want to tell you, he has given me a promise. I've got to get to Rome. So the ship is going to go down, but no lives will be lost. Listen, I believe God just as it was told me. Can you imagine the impact we'll have in the city and in this nation if every born-again Christian believes the Word of God, believes the promises of God. We might be in the storm of riots. We might be in the storm of, of rebellion. We might be in the storm of a virus or a pandemic. But I want to tell you, God has still given every born-again believer a promise. God still says, arise and shine for your light has come. God still says, He is with you. He'll not leave you nor forsake you. God still says, He will deliver you from the poor of the lion and the bear. God still says a thousand may fall on your one side and ten thousand on your other side, but no harm shall come near you. God still says. But do you believe? I'm really closing. This is not the time to be governed and controlled by fear of the future. It's time to believe the Word of God, to occupy, to conquer, till He comes. And if we lose sight of His Word, if we lose sight of His promises, if we lose sight of His purpose in our lives, something else is going to come fill that void. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Jesus never said only understand. Jesus said only believe. I want to challenge you this morning. Everybody here in the building, they're at home. They're in Belito. They're watching on Faith TV, watching on Belito TV, listening to this podcast. It's time to get back to God. It's time to get back to church, not visit back to church. It's time to get back to a life that trusts in the promises of God. And it's time to get back to the purpose of God. I want everybody to stand with me this morning. God loves you very much. The Bible says He stands at the door of your heart and He knocks. He's doing it with some of us this morning. He says, whoever will open up their heart to me, their life to me, I'll come and sup with them. I'll come and fellowship with them. He cannot be the good shepherd if you don't put your trust in him. He is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. Every single person in this building, there in Belito this morning, under the sound of my voice. 
I'm not asking you whether you go to church or been going to church. Do you trust Him? I didn't say, did you trust Him and you've lost that trust. Where you find yourself right now, do you trust Him? Do you put your trust in Jesus? Has He got the right place in your heart? Is He everything to you? Or have you wandered away from Him? While every head is bowed, every eye is closed, believers are praying in this place. You've never given your heart to Jesus. You might have been brought up in church your whole life, but you've never specifically come to a place where you've given your life to Jesus. Or you have maybe at some stage given your heart, but you've wandered away. You're no longer serving Him with that passion and fire and conviction. Maybe you're standing here today, you're saying, listen, if I die right now, I don't have that assurance of salvation. You don't know when you're going to die. A famous sportsman recently was on holiday, 52 years old, 52 years young. Nobody thought he would die, looked fit and healthy, just died. Boom, heart attack. Famous sportsman. I don't know what his relationship with God was like, but I saw a post this week where Billy Graham said, I would rather have my name written in the Lamb's book of life than be famous with men. Is your name written in his book of life? Well, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. That's you this morning. Your life's not right with God. You've never given your heart to Jesus. You have, but you've wandered away. Or maybe you're standing here this morning. You don't have that assurance of salvation. Give me the honor and the privilege to pray with you. Just put your hand upon your heart. We're going to pray this prayer. What a privilege to pray with you here in Durban, here in Belito this morning. God loves you. Just say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to your Lordship. I invite you to take your rightful place in my life as my Lord, as my Savior. I receive your forgiveness, your love, and your promise of new life. And as I embrace the life you have for me, I ask you to guide me, to guard me, to keep me, and to use me for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. It's as simple as that. If you prayed that prayer, we want to pray with you. We want to lead you, guide you. If you're watching online, the details are on the screen.